the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phrases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And, you know, it's Friday. And there is never a better way to start a Friday than to just get off work, throw your feet up, relax, chill out, and just start to exhale. And, you know, every Friday I try to bring you a guest that is totally about exhaling, relaxing, and getting us in the mood for the weekend. So many of you just got home and uh, many of you already took off your shoes or some of you are having a, a drink or cocktail or some coffee or something and uh, just sitting back just chilling. So we are going to talk about a multi-talented, artistic career of Patro Harris. And I tell you, this guy is phenomenal. And he is going to tell us about a lot of the things that he's doing. And my wife is all into the arts. And she is so excited. I mean, she's over there wiggling right now. I mean, it's just... Just, just a wiggling, and uh, and uh, you know. But I tell you, she will be coming home tomorrow. Chris, my wife been in New York for the last um, uh, eight days, and it's time for her to come home. And uh, we're looking forward to her coming home tomorrow. So, how you doing, Michelle? I'm doing great, James. How are you? Uh, did you miss us at all? I did miss you. But you know what? I missed Mama, so I had to come home, back home, and spend time with my mom and my nieces and nephew and my cousins and my siblings. I needed to be home to check up on things. You know, since the pandemic, I have not returned to New York, so this mm-hmm. is this was special. Did you miss Bella? You did not even mention her at all. Of course I missed my Calm dog. down, Bella. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, I miss my dog. <laughs> you know, I tell you, Michelle, uh, this is this show tonight is is down your alley. Uh, you are you've been excited the last three or four days as we was writing the questions and this and that. Actually, you wrote the questions, <laughs> and uh, uh, can you uh, just uh, tell? Tell who our guest is tonight. Just tell our listening audience. I'm not asking you to introduce him yet, but just tell him 
a little bit. Let's give them a tad bit of who it, who's our guest tonight. Our guest tonight is director, Broadway choreographer, writer, Patro Harris. And uh, hey. how you doing, Patro? How you doing, my friend? Hey, I am so glad to be here with you guys. Just right off the bat, thank you guys for having me. James, thank you for your service, man. We appreciate that. You know, thank you guys. And so glad you guys are traveling safe. And Michelle, seeing family, there's nothing like family. What a blessing to be able to touch on them. That's a beautiful thing. That is a beautiful thing. And uh, you are in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, and uh, Yes. <laughs> I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee, so I spent a lot of time uh, in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Actually, that's where I met my beautiful wife, Michelle. I met okay. her in, in, in Atlanta. We we met we at Lenox, you know. We met at Lenox Mall in Macy's. Oh wow! <laughs> and, and I'll tell you about that story one day because uh, I almost had to call the law on her. Uh, she was just just following me around. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we call it L.A. Lovely Atlanta. <laughs> you know, I tell you, uh, today uh, we just just spent a lot of time getting uh, prepared, you know, getting ready for Michelle to come back and. And uh, also uh, making sure that uh, we plan for this wonderful weekend, and uh, uh, we're gonna have a great weekend because next week I'm <laughs> next week I'm in California. I'm in studios and and uh, in San Diego, and I'm looking forward to that. And uh, so, Michelle, what have you been doing all day? Oh wow! I just been helping mom with a couple of things, and my cousin came by with her family and. They made fresh salmon and, you know, make some salad. Just had a really a healthy eating dinner today. And, you know, it was just good being around my family. It's um, nothing tops that. You go back home where you were raised, and it, it's a special feeling. <laughs> what about you, Pat, Patrick? What, what have you been doing today? Today I got a walk on the belt line. I'm really not an outdoors guy, but because of the pandemic, you know, I turned in my gym membership, but I had to get outside, and it was absolutely beautiful. So I did that today and did a walk around. I got this project coming out next month, so I had to do some video shooting for that. But uh, that's what I did most of it. And I had a lovely dinner with my lovely wife, and then and that was always good. <laughs> you know, that's always great, and uh, I can't wait to uh, uh, get into this show. So. Uh, Michelle, can you uh, tell our listening audience? But first of all, hey, Chris, I, I, I want to yes, uh, re remind uh, our listening audience about the Legacy Contest uh, that's coming up. And the Legacy Contest is uh, the James Cooley Legacy Contest. Is, uh, you get an opportunity, if you want to participate in this, uh, to uh, 300 words or less. Uh, you talk about anything that... Uh, intrigue you from the past or what you're doing now you want to leave a legacy for your descendants 100 200 300 years uh, from now where they can sit back and, and understand uh why you did the things that you did why they got these why they scratched their head a certain way or whatever because it's hereditary and so do you have that uh, crewed up by uh rob lucy uh, let me take a look. I'll be, uh, I'll, I'll get back to you on that one. Uh, well, I tell you what, we, we, we'll come back to that later. Michelle, can you tell our listening audience about the purpose of the show today? Yes. The purpose of the show today is to discuss the career of the multi-talented Patro Harris, learn how Patro got his start in the entertainment business, 
learn the different experiences of working as a director and choreographer, learn about the challenges he has faced working within the industry, and how the pandemic has affected or continuously affect the projects he is working on. Wow. If you want to be part of this conversation, which I think our listening audience will want to be, that's one eight eight eight. 344-1170. Again, that's one 888 Michelle, can you introduce this fantastic, great guest of ours tonight? <laughs> yes. Patro Harris, director, Broadway choreographer, writer, is nationally and internationally recognized and respected by colleagues, critics, and fans. The Washington Post hails him as a superb choreographer. The New York Times applauds his artistry as praiseworthy. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution enthusiastically commends his work as dynamic, brilliant, solid, season after season. And the Houston Chronicle says excellent and energizing direction and stunning choreography makes the show an absolute joy to experience. He is directed at distinguished theaters such as the Alliance Theater, Sacramento Theater Company, Roundhouse Theater, Howard University, Syracuse University, Florida A&M University, and the University of Northern Colorado. He also served as choreographer, artistic consultant, and movement director with the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, the Kennedy Center, Studio Theater DC, City Theater of Pittsburgh, Minneapolis Mixed Blood Theater, Jomandi Productions, the National Black Theater Festival, Guthrie Theater, the National Black Arts Festival, Portland Center Stage, and Broadway's Royal Theater. Patro has traveled the world as choreographer and lead dancer for the incomparable Stevie Wonder. He has worked with such artists as the SOS Band, T.C. Carson, Daryl Coley, Yolanda Adams, and India Irene. His talents were also showcased as choreographer and movement specialist in Toni Morrison's world premiere opera, Margaret Garner. He choreographed the Tony Award Broadway hit, A Raisin in the Sun, starring Sean Combs and Felicia Rashad. Padro has attended Alabama State University, his current home of Atlanta, Georgia. He has served on many art committees, including the Georgia Council for the Arts and the Advisory Dance Panel for the Bureau of Cultural Affairs. He holds to his credit the 1996 Helen Hayes Award for Outstanding Choreography and has been armed with a nomination for the same award for Best Supporting Actor. He has received the 2009, 2010, 2011, and 2016 Giorgi Award for Best Director and Best Show of the Year. Mr. Harris served as the first choreographer on the popular reboot TV show Dynasty Season 3, Episode 4. In 2019 and 2013, he received Atlanta's Top Theater Award, the Susie Bass Award for Outstanding Director of a Play. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, proudly presents Mr. Patro Harris. Patro, I just wanted uh, wow. this an audience to <laughs> uh, get an opportunity to know who you are before we go off into this interview. But we're going to have to take a station break. But when we come back, we're going to get an opportunity to know <laughs> this great man. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back. It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And uh, I tell you, we got the uh, uh, fabulous uh, Patro Harris here. And uh, 
Michelle just introduced him, but we had to take a station break. But now, I want to really delve off into uh, finding out who this great man is. Uh, uh, Patro, can you tell us uh, about where you are from and your background growing up? Absolutely. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on, on the show again. And uh, Michelle, thank you for reading all this stuff. I was like, wow, that's a lot of stuff. But uh, yes, <laughs> thank you. Thank you guys for having me. But I tell you, working, uh, I grew up in Alabama. I went uh, I went to uh, uh, Montgomery, Alabama, and I went to Alabama State. And I realized, like, in my junior year, I possibly wanted to be an artist. So I talked to my mom, and I said, Mom, I want to move to Atlanta. I was a music major, playing sax. And I said, I think I want to move to Atlanta and be an artist. I really didn't know any artists who were full-time artists. So my mom said this really valuable thing that I share with everybody. She said, what if you move to Atlanta and you're not any good? Can you take the booze with the cheers? And I said, hey, let me get back to you on that, Mom. Yeah, I'll get back <laughs> to you. But I went back in, and I thought about it. You know, as long as I could take care of myself and, and – um, uh, pay my bills and buy me some grits and cheese, I would be great, you know, doing whatever. So that was, a, I tell everybody, I always do the pros and cons. I grew up in a family business, so that's something we did all of our growing up years. We always talked about the possibilities. So if something does happen, you already geared to make sure you can handle that. So that was just one of my things starting. So I grew up there. Then I moved to Atlanta to work to get dance. I had music and theater in school, but I had no dance. So I moved to Atlanta a couple of years, and then I moved to New York, then danced in a few companies. There I did a documentary called Dance Black America. You can look that up with Chuck Davis, and I did that and that. And, and I came back, and I came a chance to do Stevie Wonder's tour and all those things for about 10 years. And then I went to uh, I wanted to direct and choreograph, so I, I stepped out of the company. But that's how I kind of got started, though. I always had an, an affinity for music and art and dance, so this kind of all tied those things in together. Wow. I mean, you're such a talented guy. So how did you know which of your talents or gifts uh, to focus on? Because uh, you, you're still doing all of them right now. Uh, I guess started, I, I, I focus on the deficit. I focus on what you don't have. So, I, Like I said, I had music and theater, but then the focus, I wanted dance to go with it. I, mean, I could do like popular things, you know, whatever was popular in the community. But I didn't know Tom Bay, Potterbury, Glissad, Assemblée. I knew, I was like, what? What in the world? You know, what is that? You know, so I. I focus on the thing that adds something to my career. I focus on my deficits. I didn't know anything about dance, so I took about 10 years to kind of do it like that. And then I switched gears, which was extremely hard. When people know you're good for one thing, it's hard to convince them you can do multiple things at the same time. So there was a little difficulty in seeing that and being uh, doing the things that I always wanted to do. When I was in college, I had a touring theater company called Pop. Uh, P.O.P. Pop, no matter what we do, we all are just plain old people. And uh, so now and I realized that I wanted to get dance to go with those things, but it took 10 years for me to get enough dance training to go with that theater and music training. But then for everybody to switch, oh, yeah, he's this director, too, as well. Oh, my God, he can direct something, though. So it was, uh, it, was, uh, it was a big step for me and for people to believe because, uh, thank God, I can dance really well So they and, and the choreography really great, but... Every director I work with, James and Michelle, they eventually hired me as a director. I was a choreographer for them. They eventually hired me as a director because my art always came from the character perspective, not just the movement perspective. Wow. So um, how exactly, can you kind of go into detail, how does your dance and choreography influence your directing style? Can you a little more detail regarding that? 
Absolutely, absolutely. You know, as a as a as a choreographer, at first I was in the band at Alabama State, Alabama State uh, University, the Mighty Marching Hornets. I got was blessed to be the head drum major one year and be able to do that. So seeing as a movement specialist and as a choreographer, I see things in formations. So as a director, not only do I see what the story should be, I see the shape of the story as well. So the shape of the story comes into my vision as I see it. So I can articulate it that, that way, which is different than blocking, blocking being every place that the actor moves and does whatever. Black and paint some really good pictures because I see it as I see it in my afro already. You know, <laughs> I do it that way. So, so it kind of influences that way that I see movement. There's, there's some uh, tribe in, in Africa, in Goma people, where when you hear music, they see movement. And when they see movement, they hear music. My sensibility is the very exact same way. So I see them simultaneously. Wow. So, you know, being in the business and getting started, Patro, how did you deal with all the no's in show business? How did you, how did you respond to that? Well, that, that, that's, a good, that's a learned process. You know, um, over the years, I got a little knots on my head. I try to share with the younger people and working at different universities that uh, – most of our field is no. I have this special thing that I do in the evenings. I take whatever was the, most, the happiest thing of the day with the most blessing thing, thing that made me the happiest, and one breath, and the thing that's the most disappointing, thing that pissed me off the most. I guess I can say that on the show. You know, um, I pray for them all in the same breath, and I practice releasing things, the good and the bad. Because sometimes the good can hang you up. Oh, I'm never going to have another show like that. There's never going to be anybody like this. I'm never going to. So I practice releasing it because God's mercies are new and fresh every morning. But you have to practice letting go. And that was a learning process. So every night I say those things. It's been a really wonderful blessing being able to deal with all the no's. And then, and the last thing with that, Michelle, is that you don't take it personal. It's a business. So if they're saying no to me, then I say no to Padre personally because you don't really know me. You don't know what kind of Kool-Aid I like or anything. You don't really know me. And so you don't know me. But my art, you know, that. So I, I, I keep that really separate. When I go to work, that's for the business. The business can't make me more upset than my family or my wife. So I keep that perspective going on. But you have to realize that they're not saying it to you. I tell you, people, don't take it personal. When things go wrong, you don't have to go with it. Wow. So how do you pick which projects to work on? Um, is there a certain, um, like, process you go through or in which projects you decide you want to work on? Uh, good question. <laughs> uh, a few things come into play. I always want to do plays that's going to uh, deliver a message. When I was in college, one of my criteria for being an artist was I wanted to perform with the message. So I really always wanted to be able to perform with a message. So I look at plays that people are going toward the light. Now, they may not go toward the light the way that I grew up and went toward the light, but as long as they're going toward the light, I'm for that. And I think that shows people art, shows people who we are. So I decided if if that piece is going to move or, do, or stir somebody's heart or shed some light on somebody's life that we did not know, do whatever. So if it feels good to me on the inside and I can see that when the person talks about it, that helps me to decide that piece. And I also think about my mom is no longer here, but if my mom could come to this play and see it and be like, well, what are you doing? You know, so that's all good all at the same time too. But it, it it's a good process to just to figure out to help. I want my work to be able to speak to the light that people are making things better and making life better by the words that we're speaking. Wow. You know, for the listener audience, if you don't know, we're talking to the multi-talented uh, Patro Harris. And uh, 
I tell you, this this guy's doing uh, so many things, uh, and um, you you got to check out some of his work if you get an opportunity. And so, uh, pa Patro, what is your work philosophy? Uh, to uh, be purposed. I try to think about to know why I'm always there. To keep focused. Whenever I get lost in a project, you know, I, I what am, why am I there? I'm not there to make the most money, even though that would be good, God. I'm not saying that in the future yeah, I want to make some money, but uh, to be purpose, to be able to, to be stir as my job as a director or the choreographer or the writer, I stay in my lane. I stay in that in that in that process to be purpose with it. My next thing is to be honest, you know, to be honest about myself and what I'm doing and honest about what it, what it, I'm saying to the people and honest to the people. Just to be honest about that. And the last thing is to be detailed. So no matter what you're doing, like, even if you're looking at a house, you know, you say, oh, the house looks great. Would you get up and look at the trim and look how the light fixtures are not fixed in the wall? The detail makes things fine. So I try to be purpose. I try to be honest. And I try to be detailed in all the things that I do. I realize no matter where you are or where you're from, you know, there is no argument for excellence. Let me ask you this. And, you know, um, getting to Broadway, and uh, I mean, I, I, it had to be a wow, a wow moment, you know. So uh, Broadway is so amazing with so much talent. How is working on Broadway? And uh, what was your first gig on Broadway? Uh, Raising the Sun was my first gig. I worked with a, a wonderful director named Kenny Leon. He's from here in Atlanta. And we worked all over the country together. And he said, well, I'm going to do Raising in the Sun on Broadway, which was actually his first Broadway show as well. And uh, I said, sure. I said, who's in it? Sean Combs and Felicia Rashad and uh, Audra McDonald. I said, oh, wow. I said, all those people, you know. And uh, so now I laced them. So I was like, okay, I'm great. So it, it was super-duper exciting going there and having to match my skill set and to match my research to come in and talk about it and to teach Sean Combs about the 50s and those kind of things. It was great talking to him. But he was wonderful, wonderful to work with, the entire cast. And uh, But Sean Combs was really wonderful. Uh, he asked me about it. I said, I don't know any things about the 50s. Can you come back on my dime and help me to do some other things? I'm like, absolutely. So it, it, it was great. It, it was wonderful being on Broadway. But it was great on Broadway being with those people. And to work with Kenny Leon. It's great to have a good job, but it's even more special to do with wonderful people. Wow. I mean, working with Puff Daddy <laughs> and and uh for for uh, for most people that don't know, uh uh that's the Cosby wife. He played the Cosby wife, uh Alicia Rashad. Alicia so, Rashad, yes. <laughs> hey man, that's uh that's uh absolutely fantastic. But we're gonna have to take a station break, but we're gonna come back. If you wanna be part of the conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy again. That's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. We got Patrick Harris and uh we'll be back with more. It's your life, I'm James Foley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And I'll tell you, we we got the fantastic, multi-talented, uh, uh, I don't know what to call this guy because he does it all. Uh, but uh, he'd like to be called uh, a director and a choreographer. 
girl. But he is so talented. He does everything. And if you want to be part of the conversation, that's 1-888-344-1170. Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. We got Pat. Patrick Harris. And uh, just uh, amazed. Hey, Patrick. What yes, is your preference working as a choreographer, director, or lead dancer for musicals? artists on the road what 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 do you like most mm, well i like storytelling the most how i fit into that you know as a director i get a chance to do the complete visions you know that everybody does what the director says so for me i would want to have the the rights to collaborate with everybody in the process and the team so for me as a director what i set out to be from my college career at alabama state is to be it's a direct thing so to be able to have the vision for what the things are it could be in there even if you do those other things well if you're not the, the director and or the producer you don't have as much say so in how the product turns out so it, it i do show business so much and not performing arts so i have to there's a business element that's always involved in that but i the director some people i would choreograph for most people it would just be for me but uh I, I would definitely like to be the director, choreographer, writer. But some projects, like, I'm just a consultant on it. Some projects, I'm the writer on it. Some projects, projects I just come just to clean up everything and make it happen, make it look good, and make the storytelling. But I love being the director of it, having the full vision and to twist it and shape it and tell stories in my unique way. Wow. I mean, <laughs> that's... that's uh, I I don't blame you. I I'd rather be in charge of everything as well <laughs> when it comes to and, and you know what, James? You know, the, I always tell the young people. I say the people who solve problems gonna make the most money, and the people who do what they say gonna make less. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But I think we got a caller. We got a call on the line. Uh, uh, we got uh, Lou from Atlanta. Lou, are you there? Hey, yes, I'm here. I'm here. Hey, yes. enjoying the show. Thanks for allowing me to speak a little bit and for doing this good stuff. Hello, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Okay, well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, I really just wanted to call in and uh, ask a question if I can. Can I ask a question? Absolutely. Okay. Well, my question is, uh, I know it takes a long time to become a director, and there's a lot that's involved in a lot of different steps, but my real question is, can anybody do this? If if somebody you know really has this as their goal, and not very much else other than a goal, do you think they could actually end up being a director, or is that just a pipe dream? Absolutely, I think the name of the show tells it all. It's your life, so you know that that you know it's your life. It's that you have to work at it. You know, there's no. Um, uh, there's some reciprocity that has to happen. And, and some people just have a knack. Some people are gifted at telling stories. Like my brother, my blood brother, he was gifted at being comedic. So he was just funny about things. That's a talent that comes from God that, that works that way. The same thing with people directing. Yes, it's a skill set. You got to understand language. You got to read. You got to work well with others. You got to be a good leader. You can't lead people from behind. There's a lot of things involved. But can you do it? Absolutely. I think things work in three forms, Lou. There's education, there's application, and then there's presentation. Some people have great education, but they haven't studied with anybody. I've done the the application of applying what they actually learn. Some people need to just to, to be able to work on their presentation about this. So you can figure out where your deficit is. I want to be a director. That's a fantasy thing. But I know nothing about it. That's a fantasy. But if you say, I want to be a director, I'm going to start reading books 
tomorrow and working on my skill set, and then we're moving up. So you have to have some kind of goals set, I think, to to be whatever you want to accomplish, whether it be a director or a writer, whatever you choose to be, but you have to have a goal. Wow. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I believe I can do it now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you so, so much, Lou. Lou. Thank you so much. Patro, what was your most difficult play to direct and why? Ooh, ooh. Oh, that's that's a good one. Uh, most difficult play to direct and why. Sometimes there's a um a relationship with the um writer and you have to figure out things. The writer writes a play and they give it to you to interpret it. But they also put some stipulations on what you can do with this particular play. So uh, you have to work around those particular plays. You have to work on a really good relationship because you're going to interpret it. A friend of mine says, if you don't want anybody to interpret your play, you should write a novel. (laughs) Whatever. But uh, I worked on this play called The Royale, which is the last play I did here in Atlanta. And it was very complicated because everything about the play, all the punches, there was about Jack Johnson, the fighter. And, um, uh, the first uh, African-American world champion. But they, they, the people in the play never boxed at each other. They boxed into the air. So you had to respond to it. So it was it was difficult to get all the things, and all the sound was organic. There wasn't sound effect. All the sounds were the actors clapping. So in between the dialogue and you punch, somebody was clapping in between, hitting your gloves, and you were responding to that. So to get all the timing with that, the story with that, the the, the energy with that was really, really a difficult thing to pull together. But it w- it was beautiful. It, it worked out. I like this thing as the director called it being seamless. But having to put all those elements together, the movement element with the boxing. So we took boxing lessons from Yaya McCain. He came in and trained us for boxing. I took it over the summer. Heaven knows why on earth I did that because it almost killed me, but I did it, <laughs> you know. But uh, but it was great to be able to do that, but to put all the things together. But I tell you, James and Michelle, the outcome of that, that's the last show that I won Best Director in the City for. So it made a lot of sense for it to come together that way. But it was difficult to put all those elements together and to be seamless in the process. Wow. So, um, Patro, let's talk about Patro, the choreographer, so, you know, we have so many um, legend, legendary um, choreographers like Alvin Ailey, Bob Fosse, Gregory Hines, the Nicholas Brothers, Jerome Robbins, and I can go on. Did any of their choreography or the way they danced influence you growing up uh, and wanting to be a dancer, and, in, and does it influence you in your choreography? Absolutely. You know, in those days, we didn't have videos. We only saw something on television, and uh, as a matter of fact, my family knew that I liked to dance. So when you know, I was doing my homework, if something came on like the Ed Sullivan show or something came on, you must say, somebody's dancing on television, please. They would let me stop my homework to go and watch it and go back to it. I was a good student. You know, I finished high school at 16, so uh, I was pretty good on it. So, yes, I, I think growing up I had an eye for Ben Vereen because he could sing, dance, and act. So that was one of like one of my favorite people, you know, to look at Ben Vereen doing things. And I've always just watched the career of Debbie Allen because she did so many multiple things and just so exciting and such a fireball as a dancer and and such a smart, strong woman as she's directing shows around the country. So, but yes, I had those people. And of course, you were influenced by Michael Jackson. You know, being able to do the Jackson Five and other stuff. I got a chance to uh, assistant director show here in Atlanta for the Carter Center, and I got a chance to meet Michael Jackson, which was really great and wonderful. It's 
the only time I almost like, I'm going to go crazy. I want to say, I want you back. I said, don't do that, Patrick. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't. <laughs> but, yes, all those people like that that you would see. But uh, definitely uh, people, some people that you don't know, like Chuck Davis and uh, Nafisa Sharif and Alfred Gallman and Barbara Sullivan. These are people you don't know, but they absolutely have influenced my career. And then also just being in the marching band. The marching band that showed, taught me there's, there's a thing on, on Forbes that uh, talks about all the skills you need to be as a new employee. I learned most of those skills in the marching band. So that was like, like to be on time, you can't leave people from behind to play well and work good with others. So that was a, a big deal influencing my choreographic style was I promised as a choreographer that I would not, um, give up where I came from. What if I knew the funky chicken or pop lock and whatever? <laughs> when I learned plie, tendu, releve, I would still add those things to the mix. I wanted to be true to the culture that I came from in Alabama and in the South and blending those things together. So absolutely different people that you see them and you, you see what they're doing and it's like, oh my God, that is, that, that's so beautiful and great. So absolutely, you take a little piece of all your teachers and put them inside of you and you, that comes out into be your choreography and your technique. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned Ben Vereen, and I remember him in Pippin, and just the way he right. strutted around the stage. He was in a Bob Fosse uh, musical, but that that's, oh, that threw me back. Um, Patro, let's go back to Patro, the director. What actor or actress would you love to direct in a play, and why? Oh, wow, what actress? Oh, my God, some people I could get you. I was just talking to a friend of mine. He said, Professor at uh, Pepperdine uh, University. His name is Nick Few. I would love to work with him again. I work with him as a college student, but I'd like to go back and do that with him. Uh, let's see who I want to. I'd like to work with Will Smith. I'd like to work with B.B. Um, Winings. I would like to work with uh, Crystal Fox to do something. I would like to work with some other people that you got. I would love to direct something with Felicia Richard. That would be beautiful to do that. Even with our daughter, Felia, I would love that. That would be great, you know. And I, I like to, I like people who are who are good to work with, and I like the process of doing good art, not just the product. Some people, no matter how you get to the end, they're good with that. I'm not that guy. I like people who want to work with me. I would ask people if they want to work with me, then I would want to work with them. I have just an interview, you know. There's some people who do some really wonderful storytelling that I really appreciate, you know. Um, Ron Howard, I like to work with him and do some stuff. I know he's a director, but I would just like to be sit up under him and see some things that he's done, you know, and do whatever. So I'm looking forward to working with some wonderful actors and doing some good stuff, hopefully down the line. Wow. <laughs> you know, hey, man, that's fantastic. Man, uh, so we are coping with this pandemic and uh, also the political climate. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, 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 on the pandemic and the political climate, and how does that affect your work? Well, I guess being human before you become an artist, you know, and you know, death is a great equalizer. You know, so when when the when the pandemic shut down, I had eight jobs around the country, and all of those jobs shut down. There was one focus in that hours down, and then uh, with George Floyd, that we all live in those. Uh, a friend of mine calls it a bipolar world, you know, that what do we do with this undigested racism that we have to live with? You know, what is the goal? Does it turn into trauma? Is it our high blood pressure? Is our, is it our diabetes and all these things? Because we, that's trauma that holds on to you and be able to see that. Like, uh, it's very difficult. You know, I've had uh, a few friends and my wife had a birthday last April, well, just this past April, but a year ago. And uh, I said, well, I'm going to get on Zoom. 
and do whatever. I didn't really know what Zoom was that much or whatever. And a friend of mine in New York, a Freeman, said, hey, man, can you Zoom us? Can you put us on the Zoom, baby? You know, and I said, yes, I could do that. But uh, it turned into, like, all these men, I call it my man Zoom, we all kind of got on it just to share conversations. However we need to feel about it, there was no wrong or right. There was no judgment. But that gave us such a great outlet and a, and a great perspective, and it gave us insight, and it gave us um, information that each of us was not aware of uh, and that and that whole process. But to deal with this, man, it, it, it's real. You know, you have to find a way to find your people that you can talk to and release those feelings in that. Don't hold them to yourself, and don't be ashamed of that. Well, you're absolutely right because you know, we have to have some type of outlet and we have to share what we are thinking. And uh, and even though it's, uh, most of our things are opinionated, and but we are allowed to have our own opinion. Uh, that absolutely. was such a fantastic answer. We're going to take a station break. But we're going to come back and continue this great conversation with Patrick Harris. It's your life. I'm James Cody. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and we got the fantastic uh, Patro Harris here. And uh, just like the title of the show, The Multi-Talented uh, a touristic career uh this guy is so talented uh, in all of the arts and uh it's just a absolute uh pleasure having him on the show and uh and uh, getting an opportunity to learn uh, about some of the things that he's doing and and you know we we coming out the pandemic and and uh he is probably going to get back to full speed ahead because he got a lot of things coming up uh in the near future and so uh I, I'm curious if you want to be part of the conversation. That's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Hey, Pat, Patrick, what what do you have coming up? I, I know you're saying that you're getting ready to get back. You had eight different things canceled. Uh, are you going to be able to make up for a lot of those things and get them back on track? Uh, some of them. I I think going back is going to be different. I think when we go back, it won't go back the same way. So, you know, I have some things that are virtual that I started a thing in 2016 with my company, Padro Players Media. We were helping athletes and artists with better communication skills, helping them with their speech. So that's now turned into a whole virtual thing that we're doing, doing whatever. And also, actually, I got a big thing coming up for a Father's Day. Uh, I shot some footage almost two decades ago, and it's all these men coming together to praise God through dance. And we're going to, and it is average guys, average Joes, and average Fuquans, you know, and average Billy Bobs. So they all just walking through life doing whatever. So we're going to do that on our Father's Day. I'm going to drop that on my YouTube channel. So it'll be Pedro Harris on my YouTube channel. So that's one of the pressing things. But I do have jobs coming up in the fall that are back to the theater, to the in person thing that we call up. I have a sisters that I'm going to do in Arizona, a black theater troupe there. I have a. Uh, barbecue that'll be in Oregon at their uh, the playhouse there, uh, which would be a wonderful thing there. Uh, uh, the playhouse there, uh, Portland Playhouse there in Oregon, and then I'll have I'm going to be a guest uh, director at Florida State University, and I get a chance to do uh, Cinderella there at the top of the year. 
are slowly getting back into things, and things will be different, though. It'll have a political edge. It'll be aware of how we uh, connect into our community. How do I fit into your curriculum, you know, as, as an artist and as a black man? How does that fit into that? Things that we're going to be different when we go back that we did talk about before. But a lot of these companies are trying to unpack their policies, which are really great, just to accommodate everybody and to be fair in the process. Patrick, what accomplishments in your career are you most proud of? Wow. Um, it's, a, it's a few for different reasons. Uh, like growing up on um, all the time on Saturdays morning, you got up so you could watch Soul Train. So that was a great thing for me to be on Soul Train. I, I got a chance to start choreographing SOS band. Then I got a chance to be a part of the band and got a chance to go travel in Europe with them, France and Germany and uh some other places and stuff. And one of the things we got a chance to do was to be on Soul Train. So that was like super great, you know, for me to to do that. That was really wonderful. It was uh, great to be the choreographer for Stevie Wonder to just sit on his tutelage and just learn things about the artist and being a good artist. And he's just a wonderful person. I always want to do something um, socially, you know, to help change stuff. But we got a chance to dance off his song, Apartheid Was Wrong or Dark and Lovely. And I, just by doing my art, my gift has made room for me to be able to do that. And I guess the uh, the last thing I would think about was being able to uh, win Best Director in the City for plays, both twice here in Atlanta, and out of, uh, you know, 150 plays or so, and to be nominated as one of the outstanding directors out of that. And especially when you're switching gears and, and people's eyes, they say, oh, you dance, you really, but do you, can you, do you understand storytelling? So those things kind of stand out to be the most me in the month, but I'm grateful for all jobs, whatever they were, I won an award or not, I am grateful. Patro, how do you balance your artistic life with your home life? Ooh, um, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, I try to, I realize like I'm not just a creative artist, I'm a creative man. So I, I have to have some level of creativity that lives in the house too, because my wife sees that all out in the public. So we, I have things that we do, like uh, for February, a friend of mine came and cut some vines in the back, and I said, February, okay, I'm broke. We don't have any money. What am I going to do? So I took the vines, and I made them into a heart for her and did some things and being, being creative at home. Uh, when I'm on the road, uh, we'll pick shows on Netflix that we watch at the same time, like a date night, and we she put it on in her place, and I put it on my place, and we have dinner together. You know, uh, uh, you have to – do things you had to um, for me. I had to put things on a schedule. So I had to do something around this house. Let me figure out some things. What I need to do, and you know, I always want her to know that I love her and I appreciate her and I think about her. And I, when I go to bed, sometimes I'll leave something in the kitchen for her when she wakes up in the morning, so she'll be able to see that. And I thought of when I went to bed, my last thoughts were about you, and to let her know that you know, so I can remind her how much I appreciate her. Because you know, it's hard working with an artist because I'm gone so much, you know. I, I need for her to have confidence and know that I love her and I miss her. So you have to speak those things. I'll tell the guys, you know, not just do it. You have to do it in a way that they can receive it. You know, I try to be creative in the process and leave little notes around and stuff like that. And then you just have to listen. Man, you're making it hard on a brother, man. My wife is listening to this. And <laughs> <laughs> you just gave her. Well, learn, brother, brother, learn, learn. And it's time to learn. That's how that is. <laughs> No, she knows. Like we, we, we have a yeah, yeah, but that, man, that that is so cool, uh, to do that. And uh, wow, you know that keeps the relationship strong. 
that keeps uh, absolutely the, uh, keep the glue together and it keep the water from getting in. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Keep that water out. <laughs> hey, Patro, what would a today Patro tell a younger version of Patro uh, that uh, if you could, that he probably need to focus on? It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Just keep doing what you're doing. Trust your your insides. Uh, sometimes, you know, we get uh, can really get distracted. Uh, I had a my my mom passed right before my first professional gig, like the week before it. So my my last thing I did, I did what we talked about. I did that thing, that same woman who asked me about booze and cheers. So I wanted to do my first gig to honor her. But me being an artist, my family wasn't so keen on that. They thought that I would not make money. I would not be successful. And why would you take a chance on something where you can get a job with the government right now? So I would tell myself, hey, keep believing in yourself. Be encouraged. Don't get don't get hardened by what people say. Do do a little quack quack and let it roll off your back. That's what I would tell myself if I could. Wow. Yeah. So how are, are you passing information to um, a young uh, people that are inspiring to be where you at today? What type of information will you tell them that they need to do and, and continue to uh, strive for? Well, I, I said to the people who have the information, I realized that the, that the world doesn't need to be fixed. It needs to be healed. That takes time patience and a willingness to be inconvenienced. That's what I tell all my all my guys and my women who are in charge of things. But I in my season I always select one thing that's uh academic that I can do every year. Like I got a chance to direct at Syracuse University. I got a chance to direct as you heard earlier in this broadcast and, and Howard University twice and FAMU and now I'm going to Florida and M. I mean uh, uh Florida State University. I, on purpose, I choose those things because I want to make sure that I give back on purpose. And then some of those kids now still I'm attached to. I'm like their mentor when I call them up. They call me up at all times of day with some crazy questions, but I love it. That means that they're willing to learn and they want to hear about it. So I make sure I try to give them the best information. And I tell them like, hey, these knots on my head, I already got those. Do some different ones. Don't do those. Do something different. So I try to pass it on to them in a way that they can receive. But also honest about teaching them things. Hey, be quiet. Don't talk. Hey, how about listening? How about listen to what we have to say, then we can go to the next thing. Then also encourage them when they're getting things wrong, not to beat them down. Let's see, let's see how we can work it out and let them always make the choice. But let them know that there's a price. You know, I call it's it's important. I, it costs money for me to come here and speak, and I'm giving to you for free. There's some value that goes to my words, and you need to count those words. So you have to kind of give and take on them and see where they are and how they receive. But I try to always give back to the youth because that's our future. Wow. Now that's that's a, such a great answer. So uh, I'm, I'm going to throw you off just a little bit. Uh, what do you uh, want your legacy to be? My legacy to be, um, I always believe what you do can't be more important than who you are. So I, I hope my legacy would be that people, when they came around me, some light was shined on something that was good for them and good to them and be able to pass those things on. So when they said my name, hopefully they'll have some joy that comes in. Like the, like your guests had there on Wednesday, I think uh, Barry was talking about, you know, it's a mindset. Hopefully they remember that you can overcome anything because, you know what, at the bottom line, you got to realize it is your life. And, and you you're absolutely you right. We had the ambassador of joy 
uh, Barry Shaw on Wednesday, and he was talking about that one. You know, we, we're running out of time, but this has been so uh, fantastic. And I, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the James Cooley Show, It's Your yeah. Life. It's been an absolute pleasure to myself, and I know uh, I'm looking at my wife, uh, and she is, you see, I mean, grin to grin. You know, so uh, so thanks so much. So so thanks so much for taking the time to uh to come on the show and uh I would love to have you back again in a future show if you if you got time. You know. Absolutely. Anytime for you guys. It's certainly been my pleasure. I'm hoping your audience listening audience will be blessed by these words and keep tuning in and doing what these people are doing. A wonderful show. Absolutely. Thanks. And uh, I'd like to thank my co-host, uh Michelle Cooley for always being there. Yay, and, uh, just, you know, I I like to thank uh our, our uh uh producer Today, uh, Chris, uh, Chris, thanks so much. I'd like to thank, most importantly, our listening audience for taking the time to tune in. And uh, and we're always looking for sponsors to uh, help support this uh, show so we can continue bringing this message. I, I want everybody to sit back, just like I started off with, throw your legs up, chill out, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the weekend. We will be back Monday, same time, same place. You all have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. I'll see you Monday. Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do.